Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Snowballs are going down quite nicely. Yeah, they're we'll not too bad. They're not too bad. Well, if you're really so determined to have a fight, then I'll oblige. <laughs> okay ladies and gentlemen boys and girls foo followers everywhere around the world thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the kung fu movie guide podcast this is part two of our end of year show 2021 hosted by me ben johnson and my special guest he is the author of Life of Action, Volume 1 and 2. He's your friend of mine. He's Mike Fury. Hello, sir. <laughs> hey, Ben. Now, I hope you're having a good time wherever you are in the world listening to this episode. You may recall in part one of this special extended end-of-year podcast, we discussed the stories that grabbed the headlines during this year, 2021. And we also looked back at some of the guests who have appeared on this podcast this year. And we also unwrapped some Christmas presents because, after all, it is the season. And we also raised a toast, which we'll, we'll do again now, just welcoming everyone to part two of our end of year show. We've got a, our drinks poured. Cheers, cheers Mike. Cheers, Ben. And, and Merry cheers, Christmas. Everyone. Yes, happy holidays. Happy New Year to all the food followers around the world. Thank you so much for all your support this year in 2021. Cheers. Cheers, sir. One of the gifts which Mike unwrapped in the first part of this show was a bottle of Advocar, which is a Dutch Dutch, drink, uh, traditionally drunk at Christmas, which um, is is divisive, I would say. It's not not too... I don't think it's too divisive. But for this second part, we have... Uh, made ourselves what are known as snowballs so it's Advocar with lemonade yeah. uh, and it's a lovely little festive it's drink. It's a festive drink, goes down very nicely. It certainly does. So we're a bit more oiled up <laughs> for the second part of this episode which will be looking at the best and worst films of the year 2021 as well as sharing some thoughts from you guys the loyal foo followers you have been sending us your messages with comments on your favorite fight films of the year over our social media channels whether that's on twitter at kf movie guide or on instagram and facebook at kung fu movie guide or just commenting via the website which is kungfumovieguide.com and some of you have dropped me emails as well that's been really nice to hear from you guys please do get in touch with the show over email the email address is as always hello at kungfumovieguide.com and thank you to everyone who got in touch it really is great when we do hear directly from you guys and we did get sent a lot of messages over this year which is fabulous it's really great to hear from you guys we may not get through all of your comments but we'll see how it goes mike 
Yeah. Okay then. So just to remind our listeners, we have compiled a list of fight-centric films that came out in 2021. And I do tend to use the IMDb website for the release dates for this. Now, the full list has been made available for some time on our website, kungfumovieguide.com. If you go onto our website and you find the page for this episode on our website, you will be able to find the full list there. As is the tradition with this show, I specifically asked Mike not to tell me what his top five films are, so it is left as a little bit of a surprise. Now, Mike, before we get into this, I would say that this year was probably the hardest year so far to whittle down Mm -hmm. to five films. And it seemed like, obviously, with the pandemic, we got a real influx of releases this year in this particular genre. Would you would you agree with that? Yeah, no, there was definitely an influx. Again, as we said, I think in part one, there were a lot of releases delayed from the pandemic. Uh, coupled with the fact that we did just genuinely get some good films this year, yeah. so there was a good, there was a there was a flurry, and it felt, I think, particularly last year, if I recall, felt a bit lean. Yeah, and this year's actually, yeah, it was. It's, a, I mean, it's a good problem to have. It's good to have so many good films just as a fan, just to be able to watch them. But then when it comes down to choosing and narrowing down these these lists, it's a uh, it's tricky, tricky yeah, business. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, Mike, if we were to compare our lists from previous years, I think it's probably obvious to see that I tend to go for maybe the lighter uh, type of films and you sometimes will go for maybe the more darker uh, I think that's fair to say I think in particular last year we had quite a clash we did yeah probably mid-pandemic it was the uh, the first festive podcast we were not able to do together so I'm, I'm sure that hurt you deeply and you were you were reaching for something yeah entertaining and comforting yeah i want donnie yen in a fat suit yeah yeah but um and i was feeling a bit more on the on the on the darker fringes of sanity yeah Yeah. um, that maybe affects our choices but yeah look i mean this is the great thing with this genre there's so much rich diverse you know such, such a diverse selection of these even martial arts films are so many different kinds, so that's that's why we love them. That's absolutely right, Mike. Now, before we do get going, it is important to stress that these are, of course, just our opinions. And, of course, you are more than entitled to have a different opinion to us. And if you do and you find yourself screaming at your phone or you know whatever device it is you're using to listening to this... Send all abuse to Ben. <laughs> No, do but do get in touch with us over social media. We do love to hear from you guys. If there's a film that you feel like we've missed from this year and you can't believe that we didn't include, or maybe there's a film that you felt should have been higher up or considered uh, in, in a different light, then do get in touch with us. Email address hello at kungfumovieguide.com and we're all over social media as well. And a quick note quickly, just on the release date, we are recording this episode on the 17th of December here in the UK, which means that The Matrix Resurrections has not been released yet and neither has The King's Man, both of which are releases for this year they both come out next week in cinemas here in the uk so we haven't seen those films so they will not be forming part of this list and some of the titles on the list just haven't officially been released here in the uk but they have in other territories so i'm thinking more about a lot of the big chinese releases so films like crazy fist and god of war 2 we haven't got official releases of those but there's also 
Hollywood films Never Back Down Revolt that hasn't been released here yet there's also the Indian film Sanak that's got fight choreography from Andy Long none of those titles have official UK release dates yet unfortunately so we ain't seen them no and we also discussed this too Mike we are including films which were made available this year despite actually being released a few years ago so I'm looking at the film Luc Van Tien aka Kung Fu Warrior that's Andy Long's movie from 2017 that actually was released on Amazon Prime this year and films like Bruised and the Paper Tigers are officially 2020 films they got their festivals releases in those years but Mm -hmm. then landed on Netflix and on digital services mm-hmm. respectively yeah, yeah. Uh, this year so there's probably other instances like that on the list as well and I'm sure we'll come to them later on yeah. so does that that all sounds good then Mike? Yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. definitely. Good okay so we've tried to do our best to cover as much ground as possible Mike what did you manage to cram in quite a lot of viewing over recent weeks when we were prepping for this episode or did you have you seen a lot of these films throughout the year? Yeah it's a, it's a mix um, I did see I did manage to see a lot which is good um, obviously you do get the last minute cramming but it's a reminder of you know if you're busy you don't get a chance to see all yeah. the stuff that you want to see but we have been kind of spoiled a bit this year I think so it's a good thing to have all these uh, all these films and a good discussion I'm sure and I'm very keen to hear what you what yeah. made the top of your list yeah absolutely I'm super excited to find out Mike what your top yeah. five are going to be and I wonder how much crossover there yeah, well, will indeed, be as yeah. well yeah. so I think we are now ready to go through the best and worst films of the year let's start Mike with the worst fight film of 2021 Mike, I do know that you hate doing this part of the show. I'm reluctant, as we know, it's because films are so subjective. Absolutely. And we've talked about this many times, but, you know, just because you like something and I don't like something or vice versa, it doesn't mean it's any less valid. It doesn't, you know, there's various things. So, you know, I'm kind of reluctant yeah. on that kind of stuff. But I understand that, I guess, from an entertainment <laughs> point of view, this is what you you put me on the spot and you make me want to I'm sorry you know, Mike yes so here we go then this is our worst martial arts film of 2021 the worst martial arts film of 2021 okay then Mike I'm going to throw over to you first on okay. this one that's okay do you have a yes, do you have a worst I one? will say not to say disclaimer not a terrible film by any yep. means but just I guess based on the criteria we're talking about, my choice of the worst this year round would be Gunpowder Milkshake. And okay. it's a film that was... It's, it's, it's got a great cast. Mm-hmm. It looks good visually, very cool, very stylized. Enjoyed some of those aspects, but I thought as a fight film, I was really disappointed, especially as it took so many nods, clearly, for like the John Wick universe, which but look, we're, we're both big John Wick fans. We've talked mm-hmm. about it a lot. I don't need John Wick clones. I'm not bothered you know you know feel free to do your own thing with a with a film with a franchise you don't have to emulate that style but if you want to try and fill those boots that's obviously a very tall order there's a lot to live up to and i think it tried and failed in my Mm. in my view and maybe it would have been more successful had they um in you know more successful in the action department i should say if they'd just done their own thing completely differently but it, it felt too much like a john wick clone and didn't live up to that expectation in my view so, but again, I love, I like the visuals, I like the way it was shot, I like the world it built, um, I like the cast, 
there were just there were issues there if we're talking about fight films yeah yeah so i quite liked gunpowder milkshake okay. uh, but i totally get you on that and the references to john wick but i think that it is the the cast that's uh that the cast that it, carries it i think the cast really carries that especially angela bassett michelle mm-hmm. Yeoh, karen gillen in the lead role yeah. lena heady as well has a lot of fun in that role as her as her mum as well yeah and i thought you know even in the action um in the action space some of the scenes were good some were well done um mother and daughter fighting back to back was a good sequence but like i thought the first sequence in the bowling alley was very weak as I, I believe that was actually the first fight the first significant fight scene in the film yeah, that's apart, right. apart from the opening and there's no spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen it but you know the first significant fight scene involving hand to hand combat was just weak I felt and then compared to especially later in the film the action actually gets better but in that sense it's patchy so it's yeah. not consistently bad by any stretch it's just I, I, I went in with high hopes really wanting to be invested and wanting to feel more and i unfortunately felt let down but that was that was my take well there's a sequel on the way i believe mike yeah. so you'll be you'll be pleased to hear well, that. well no look good i hope i hope you know i hope it does well and i look forward to i hope that they raise the stakes and you know i hope to see that cast return now my choice is not you you couldn't say this is a bad film and to call it the worst martial arts film i think is probably unfair <laughs> that's literally what you're doing <laughs> but I, only because with the people involved in this film, I think I was expecting a bit more. So I'd yeah. say this was probably the most disappointing okay. martial arts film. Of doesn't have the same ring to it, but it, <laughs> it certainly doesn't. Uh, Snake Eyes, okay. GI Joe Origins. Yeah. I think to give it its its full title. Now I think Paramount were hoping for third time lucky with this franchise. The first two G.I. Joe movies are not masterpieces mm-hmm. by any stretch of the imagination um, but it is probably fair to say that the Snake Eyes Ray Park stuff is probably the highlights of those films so it does therefore make sense that you would do a spin-off if you're mm-hmm. going to try and reboot the franchise to focus on that character and obviously I'm guessing Snake Eyes is a popular selling toy in the G.I. Joe range because we should say obviously these films are for kids because they're trying to sell a load of toys Toys, (laughs) and i think that's where the film struggled because i think it was trying to be quite a serious yakuza crime family film mixed with something of a, a silly ninja movie as well and it never quite got that balance right i would say but also where I was left a little bit disappointed was just the editing, Mike. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand. And I put this to Kenji Tanagaki as the fight choreographer. And he did great work in training all of the cast. You know, Andrew Koji, Henry Golding, mm-hmm. Samara Weaving. These aren't martial artists. They're not even action yeah. stars. Apart from maybe An- Andrew Koji as well with his work in Warrior. Why go to all that effort and have them yeah. performing a lot of the action themselves if if you're just going to cut into it and do the yeah. shaky cam it stuff? It felt kind of regressive because we it felt like with I think what's so jarring about this now and it's funny we, this stuff used to get poked fun at, yeah. But now it's like the expectation is in Hollywood we can see the action and it's generally done at a much higher standard in terms yeah. of shooting. Um, so when we don't, when it's we, you know, I, I I agree with Snake Eyes. It feels like a step backwards. Yeah, unfortunately. yeah, and it's a shame because Henry Golding is good 
and Andrew Koji's acting his socks off in that film and you just feel like it wasn't quite the the vehicle wasn't quite good enough for the you know them bringing their A game to that so didn't land for me but then you know what I'm a late I'm in my late 30s I'm not the target audience for a Snake Eyes movie let's be honest So, so you didn't rush out and that. buy the toy. I didn't rush out and buy the toy, unlike I did for uh, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. for me. Thank you. Again. Anyway, I understand why they hired Kenji. They saw the Rurouni Kenshin films and they said to him, just do that. Obviously, that's going to pave the way, hopefully, for more work in, mm-hmm. in Hollywood and maybe some, some better films will, will, will come along for, for Kenji. So in summary... I do think it was a bit of a missed yeah. opportunity. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, so that's enough then of the worst films of the year. Let's move on to the good stuff. This is the cream of the crop, the best of the best. These are the films we love the most in 2021 in a section that we like to call the best martial arts films of 2021. The best martial arts films of 2021. Okay, so let's start with our... Number five. Number five. Okay, let's get into it. Mike, what's your number five? My number five is Kate. For those who don't know, this is a Netflix film. And the story follows the uh, title character, Kate, played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. She's an assassin. Her mentor, who's played by Woody Harrelson, assigns her to kill a high-ranking Yakuza boss, all set in Japan. And during Kate's final mission, which takes place right at the start of the film... Um, she finds out she's been uh, fatally poisoned and has a day or so to live and she fights using her last hours of life to get revenge and find out who set her up who's responsible for this and um, it's a know, great I, yeah, premise yeah and uh, you know I mean this this has been done before but the um, it hasn't been done I think quite so well recently and in the Yakuza underworld setting Obviously, a lot of comparisons have been drawn to the likes of John Wick and Atomic Blonde with this female-centric, you know, revenge action uh, formula. Um, But I think the key thing with something like this, which makes it work so well for me, is, as with those examples we just said, everything hinges so much on the lead in this case that it, it, it basically, you know, it succeeds or fails on the lead. And fortunately, Mary Elizabeth Winstead you know she does an amazing job i think she's got a huge amount to carry it's literally the the physical performance but also the dramatic performance she performs the the action design is great i thought highly recommend it for people who have especially fans of the john wick the atomic blonde franchise it's a uh, action coordinated by jonathan eusebio yeah. who does an amazing job it's very brutal very violent it is violent, yeah, isn't yeah, it? It's yeah. very, it's very violent, but very, very efficient. And but above all else, it feels to me very believable. Mm. And the reason for this is she's super convincing. She's obviously she's she's done that Charlie's um, Keanu thing of she's trained hard. She's clearly devoted herself camp. to it. Yeah, she's very convincing, but also she's not invincible. So, what's really interesting about this is, um, firstly, she's not. Although she's an assassin, she's highly trained. You know, she's not uh, she's not immune to being hurt. She's hurt. She's punched, stabbed, shot repeatedly, limps her way through. She's also dying. So she has to keep injecting herself with these like adrenaline kind of shots, keeps herself going. But she's really put through the ringer. And I think you really feel that. So it's different to that, you know, the old Seagal trope of just walking through people effortlessly. She really gets hurt. She really gets wounded. But it's through sheer force of will. 
yeah. and the fact that she's hours away from dying and she has to complete her mission, has to get to the bottom of what's happened. She fights her way through, and I thought that was very compelling. The action design worked to that, worked to the favour of that. It's it's pure fighting for survival. It's not showy. It's not although it looks cool. It looks stylized and cool, and it's as you say, super violent. And I, I just I was I was very impressed by her performance. I mean, I'm a fan of her as an, as a dramatic actress. She's great. But I thought she did. She was very convincing. You know, she absolutely owned that role. And yeah, I was very impressed. That was my number five. Good one, Mike. Yeah. Okay, Mike. My number five is One Shot. Okay. Yeah. Cool. One take action film from director James Nunn and Scott Atkins. They worked together, of course, on Green Street mm-hmm. 3 and they worked together on Eliminators as well. This is such a great achievement. This sort of knocked me for six, really. I've, yeah, I, I've watched it and then watched it again. And I guess you can look at it from the point of view of it being just an amazing technical achievement. This film was made in 20 days. Yeah. And it really does pull off that one take conceit. Obviously, it's not a one take mm. film. I mean, it could it could be, but it easily but it could, it could be. be because you you completely forget. Yeah. Just by comparison, 1917, which got lots of awards and critical mm-hmm. acclaim, and is a wonderful film, mind. That is a one take action film that was filmed in 65 days. Mm-hmm. So that gives you some idea of you know the achievement that. Um, that Scott and James have achieved and all the crew who worked on this film. And it does show what can be achieved in low-budget action filmmaking when you do have, you know, a superbly talented group of people both in front and behind the camera. This does have fight sequences in it, but they are quite brief. Although, having said that, the scrap between Scott and Lee Charles is very good. It's very efficient. That's that's a very um, great fight scene. There's actually a really good knife fight in it mm-hmm. as well. And the finale with Jess Leardin as yeah. well, the UFC fighter, that's also wonderful. Yeah. It's yeah, I mean it's essentially it's close quarters military yeah. realistic action. It's not it's not showy action. So these I guess you know, of course and it's been designed this way, the the fight scenes, the close quarters fight scenes you do get are over quickly because yeah. that's how they would be. You're not you're not there to faff about fighting with someone for as long as possible. There's you, no guy the yeah, kicks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It would have been cool. It would have been good to see. It would have been. But he wants to put people out of action as quickly as possible and then move on in his mission. Yeah. That's the that's the realistic yeah. approach. Yeah. Scott really puts in 110% again as he always does. He always mm-hmm. goes above and beyond and really delivers in that department. Scott's obviously got some big Hollywood movies coming out next year, yeah. which is wonderful news for Scott. But now I'd like to see James Nunn really take yeah. that next step as well because this is a great testament to his skills, you know, as, yeah, a, as a filmmaker. Yeah, absolutely. I think a really interesting thing, you know, it's great to watch. You do, you completely forget that um, it's, you know, I mean, it, the fact that it's, it's, it's one take or presented as one take is impressive in itself. But what is very impressive, which I think is so fluid and kind of feels organic that you wouldn't actually notice it is just look at him you know it's worth even just watching it with this in mind is look at the camera movements and the way they so effortlessly and smoothly glide through the scene showing the action and picking up obviously key moments of the action the choreography understanding where the camera needs to be but then you know we we also spend a bit of time in the bad guys camp yeah. flowing through moving down a corridor and out tracking what the, what the bad guys are up to and what they're planning and then gliding back and it's it's got this real fly on the wall but you know, very nice cinematic 
feel and kind of uh, momentum moving through. So that 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 that's really good to see. And I think it's definitely. I mean, it's undoubtedly James's most ambitious film. Yeah. And you know, it's it around nine years ago or so. Um, at the time of recording this, that um, I I had a, a, I did a, a tiny. Um, bit of action on Green, Green, Green Street, Street 3 yeah. which was with James and he was you know obviously very talented back then and he made a really nice kind of 80s homage fight film with Green Street 3 and I've you know always been keen to watch what he's doing next and seeing his new films but he's definitely you know he's gone from strength to strength and I think he's definitely hit his peak here mm. so as you say look forward to seeing what he what he comes up with next and you think again if you can achieve something like this on no doubt very limited budget time scheduling yeah. um, limited resources and so on you know you think these guys really deserve you know a, a, a major movie to yeah. do something like this on an even bigger level just quickly we should say when you watch a Scott Atkins film it's probably given that the action's going to be of a high standard but this film also delivers the drama beats as well there's mm-hmm. points in this film which are really poignant and you know the performances are very engaging mm-hmm. and because you're right that camera is so close up to the actors you really you really feel immersed in the drama as, as well as the action yeah, i think that's what it always comes down to and that's kind of what i i guess can be linked to what i've said with some of the other films mm. we've talked about is you do for me anyway you do need to have emotional investment yeah. because of course action is great choreography is great i like to see nice kicks and explosions yeah, and shootouts and it's cool but if there's no sense of danger, it's very hard to see it as anything other than like action wallpaper. You know, it's entertaining, yeah. but it doesn't really take you on a journey. Whereas I think what One Shot does, it's taking you on this ordeal where there is there is no rest, there is no let up. Yeah. For Scott to be behind enemy lines, crawling through vents and creeping around, stealthily killing people, getting into a shooter, getting into a yeah. fight, then hiding again, then crawling through, there's no break. Yeah. So you're you're on that journey with them. If they cut to like you know something you know back at base something else happening it would take you out of the drama but you follow you're following the complete ordeal in like a claustrophobic kind of setting so that it really it really delivers yeah it adds to the intensity doesn't it of the the whole film so a lot of love for one shot I, i i really really enjoyed that that is my number five someone here on instagram same kh productions has messaged uh one shot is their favorite film of the year Followed by Nobody and then followed by Snake Eyes. Oh, okay. good grief. Sorry. Well, I do apologise. You know who you're going to be getting yeah. some hate mail from. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my number five. One shot. And your number five, Mike, was Kate. Let's move on now to our number four. Number four. Snowball break. Okay, Mike. Number mm-hmm. four. What do you have as your number four? My number four is bus level. Oh, so this is now on Amazon in the UK. It I know is. it's. I'm sure it's available. It's it's on other streaming services. Do yes. we know which streaming services elsewhere? Don't know. It's don't on know. digital it's on, platforms. It's on digital. It's on Blu-ray and DVD. It hasn't yep. got a physical release here, but that's no. what I would really like to see. As we talk about being collectors, we like the. Well, I would have liked a yeah. cinema release. A cinema release, even well. yeah, yeah. But, but you know, briefly for those who haven't seen it, perhaps. Um, it's based around the special forces agent played by Frank Grillo who's trapped in a time loop reliving his death over and over again and uh, to escape this confusing and terrible situation he needs to keep reliving the sequence of events time and again and track down those responsible and stop them but equally learning from each 
<laughs> each time he's killed and That's right. trying to get to a further stage in the game, so to speak. So I'm a big fan of the Frank Grillo, Joe Carnahan uh, team. I think those guys are great. I'm really, really big fan of all their stuff. Um, and I, I just really think Frank is, is an interesting guy, Frank Grillo. And obviously I've interviewed him for Life of Action as well yeah, in the yeah. past. He's, you know, he's always great, always very watchable in any supporting role or a bigger role. But here, you know, he's often underutilized. He might be in a supporting role or smaller role. Here, he's really at his best. And he's physically, I mean, he looks ridiculous. He's in the best shape I've ever yeah. I've, I've ever seen. But also his performance, his dramatic performance, his action performance with the action design is brilliant. Um, it's also got a cheeky, self-deprecating kind of humor. It's not too serious. It's not heavy. Um, very compelling. And I think a key thing with the, the action design in this um, Groundhog Day scenario of reliving, re- reliving it t- uh, the day time and again, um, obviously there's a tendency, if you keep seeing things time and again repeatedly, it, it has a te- you could think it could get boring, it could be a bit flat, but it's super funny, engaging, entertaining. Um, they, it's never boring, they keep it fresh. And it's just with his, he's got this great voiceover narration kind of taking us through the, through the story. And so it was very, it's very entertaining, very yeah. fun, very entertaining, and really had a, had a good time with it. What did you think, Ben? I really liked Boss Level. Yeah. It's not in my top five. It's in my honourable mentions, oh. which we'll come to through followers after our top five. Yeah. So they're, they're the films that just narrowly missed cool. out of our, yeah. our top five. Selena Lowe's very yeah. funny in this. She has mm-hmm. a nice little role as a <laughs> uh, sort of sword fighting uh, assassin. assassin. Yeah. Yeah. Michelle Yeoh, again, crops up for one of her many great Hollywood mm-hmm. cameos. But... Yes, Frank Grillo is wonderful in yeah. this film. Just the real star of the show, yeah. really. We got some feedback on Twitter. John Paul Gleason wrote, Boss Level deserves so much more than the way it was treated slash buried. Maybe the best action of the year for me. So much crammed into one movie. Just a shame it never hit cinemas. Yeah, that is that is a real shame. Yeah, it was. it's a really fun, frothy, kind of um, pretty violent but engaging Yeah. Uh, action movies I think it has struck a good balance it was again it had that thing it's funny but it's it's not tense insofar as basically the 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 drama of him dying is kind of is is humorously dissipated because every time he dies he can come back and at some points he even if he messes up his situation he just kills himself and starts again so it's got that kind of humorous side but it's still it's very engaging because the mission is not to stay alive in his case it's to complete the complete the mission to find out what's happened to him to kind of get to the bottom of it it knows what it is and it just does it it does it extremely well so yeah. I, was, I was very impressed by that good choice mike so that's your number four, number four. my number four is shang chi and the legend of the okay. ten rings okay. this is my lighter side coming out that's here fine. isn't it good yeah i thoroughly enjoyed okay. this it's definitely a film of two halves mm-hmm. isn't it you've got the story where you know Song Chi's learning about himself and then you've got that whole second part in that mystical magical forest where Yoon Wah mm-hmm. and Michelle Yeoh are and I remember thinking oh this film's sort of tailoring off for me a little bit here but when I saw it a second time I did find that second part a lot more mm-hmm. engaging and it does work a lot better with the earlier parts of the film as well so I was maybe more dismissive of that second part the first time around but you know having said that I do think probably all that sea monster stuff at the end that lost me a bit Mm -hmm. and this is one of those things with a lot of these marvel superhero movies when it really goes into those cgi weightless cgi weightless cgi battles yeah that's the biggest crime for me why was the fight the final boss fight should have been between young simu and um tony lung who was great i thought he stole the show he was brilliant 
um, they kind of have a final fight and then there's obviously reconciliation of sorts before things happen that we won't spoil I'm sure yeah. everyone's seen it but yeah the final bus fight ends up being between two monsters and I thought that was a real it's a real shame you know the basis of the story is all about the father son relationship mm-hmm. yes that that would have made more sense for them to they do have a they have a fight they do but have it's a not fight. the final fight yeah. um yeah, I mean, a good cast. Yun Wah, great to see Yun Wah in there. Fantastic. Um, Michelle Yeoh, it's funny, isn't it, based on the things we talked about as well. She's been in a lot recently. <laughs> I mean, she's, she's churning it out. She's, 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 but she's doing well, so good good luck to her. But yeah. um, Tony Lung, it was great. I believe his first English language That's right. role as well. And he was great. The chemistry as well between Simu Liu and Aquafina, I really yeah. liked that yeah, as well. Yeah. And that shows great promise. I know that they have already greenlit a sequel mm-hmm. to Shang-Chi and seeing that relationship develop, I think that's really exciting and the way that the film paid homage to the legends of Hong Kong cinema like Michelle Yeoh and Tony Leung and Yoon Wah having those people in this film alongside this up-and-coming younger talent like Simu Liu and um, Aquafina it almost felt like that was the older generation handing the bat on mm-hmm. now to the younger generation and you know there you go 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 off and you know, be part of this extended Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm-hmm. which Shang-Chi is now very much in there and he's embedded. And mm-hmm. it's wonderful to see, a, you know, a kung fu, kung fu fighter, hero. superhero it's, it's, as part of that yeah. universe. He is the first, I believe, isn't he? Yeah, and I'm not an expert right. in this, but he is yeah, he's the first martial arts lead in a, yeah. in a superhero film. Cool. I also want to mention Brad Allen, mm-hmm. of course. Brad Allen passed away this year. And... Obviously, he was part of Jackie Chan's stunt team and Andy Cheng as well as the fight choreographer, another key member of Jackie Chan's stunt team. There is a real flavour of that classic Jackie Chan style choreography in the fight scenes, mm-hmm. too, in particular the bus fight scene, which is just wonderful. Yeah. And uh, that wonderful sequence on the scaffolding. Yeah. And this is where Snake Eyes could have learnt some lessons because essentially Shang-Chi and Snake Eyes are tailored for the same market, I would say, Mm -hmm. a younger crowd. But whereas Snake Eyes took the decision to go shaky cam and cut into the action to really lessen the intensity of it, Shang-Chi sort of did the opposite and showed these wonderful sequences and mm-hmm. the, the amazing fight choreography that they'd created mm-hmm. for, for that in these flowing scenes. I love to see the actual technique and the, and the action when it's, when it's presented mm-hmm. well. And to be honest, Marvel have been guilty of doing this in the past, chopping into their action. Shang-Chi, I loved it. They just let it flow and it was it was great to see, yeah. I thought. Really, really refreshing. So, a bit of feedback from the Foo followers yeah. out there on Shang-Chi. Lee Mitchell on email. The big martial arts film for me was Shang-Chi. I loved this movie and I was very surprised to hear that Simu Liu had never done any martial arts mm-hmm. before and I thought they had cast a guy who could and this guy pulled it off, especially when he's fighting with the staff. I was very impressed being a Kung Fu practitioner myself. So mm-hmm. yeah, thank you very much, Lee Mitchell, on email. On Twitter, at Mimari underscore MG. Thanks for your message here. My favourite movie is Shang-Chi because the magnificent worldview dynamic action and fantastic Asian culture are amazing three exclamation marks I'm proud of Simu Liu he is a true superstar there we go that's uh, a bit of feedback there from you guys on the film Shang-Chi and the legend of the ten rings that is my number four 
Let's go now to our number three. Number three. Okay then, Mike. Number three in our best martial arts. My number three is one shot. Nice. Okay. I don't want to be too repetitious because we've talked about this before. But um, just adding to what you said, Ben, yeah, great casting there as well. Scott was obviously great. Um, His team as well, the various members of his... um, you know, his squad yeah. are really good. But there's also good support from Ryan Felipe, Ashley Green. Um, and I want to give a special shout out to the villains, as, as I think you did as well, because I'm a very big fan of authenticity, particularly in villains. And you've got um, Jess Lyordan and Lee Charles. And these are guys who, you know, when the camera moves to them, they don't need to act tough. They just, they look the real deal. Absolutely. Um, you know, they're both former fighters. Yep. Um, obviously Jess is a former UFC fighter and MMA with different uh, MMA um, athlete with different organizations and Lee is a former uh, British kickboxing champion so they they do there is just a swagger and an authenticity um, and you know they're not they're not like clean cut nice chaps look, trying to look evil and mean they, right. they they look the real deal although they're both nice guys in real life of course it's yeah. like they, they they convey these characters very well and it just it just translates but there's also great scenes where it's like a um, not a spoiler as such so for anyone who hasn't seen it don't worry but um, Jess as the kind of the head um, terrorist bad guy he's kind of putting his arm around and convincing like a young suicide bomber and talking him into the task he's about to do which is I thought very powerful really good dramatic scene that's not even an action scene Um, and again it's this great interweaving the drama through we see we see the the good guys holding the you know holding down the fort trying to desperately call for backup and fight their fight off the insurgents the camera moving into the bad guys camp seeing what they're up to then shifting back and forth and we kind of build this escalating drama from both sides it's like simmering you're in kind of a pot that's simmering mm-hmm. waiting for it all to kick off and that's done really well so i think just you know good a good shout out to the the bad guys as much as the good guys and the, yeah. every, everyone's everyone does a really good job and again it's the kind of thing i imagine in a long take feature such as this if you get any weak performances it's very hard to go back and kind of chop around yeah. and you have to just go with you yeah, have to go with got. the best long take and i think james talked about this actually in one he of the did, earlier yeah. episodes yeah. but there's no weak performances in this everyone's great so yeah very very uh, impressive and uh, just repeating what we said you know i hope it leads to to, to bigger and better things for, for everyone involved. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My number three mm-hmm. is Nobody. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. I love just judging your... I love saying the name of the I'm just saying, and just, okay, and waiting to... No, no, no. I, I see what your reaction I liked is. Nobody. I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, nobody. yeah. This was a huge delight, this mm-hmm. film. I think I watched the whole film with a massive grin on my face. It's maybe the best of the 87 North productions so far mm-hmm. I think well probably well outside of the John Wick franchise shall we say I think this really does get the tone right between an absurdist comedy and actually delivering really crunchy violent action mm-hmm. scenes uh, and usually one will cancel the the other out but I think the key to this film is is Bob Odenkirk. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just fantastic in, in the lead role. When Daniel Bernhardt was on the podcast, we spoke quite a bit about mm-hmm. this movie, and Daniel, of course, trained Bob for mm-hmm. the film. And he spoke in that interview about how hard he worked in the training to be able to do the majority of the action mm-hmm. himself. And he is the 
perfect person to play this type of character, this humdrum guy going through a midlife crisis. He's essentially pitied by everyone for being a loser so his kids don't have any respect for him or his wife Mm -hmm. and the police don't even respect him and then he just snaps one day Mm -hmm. and bob odenkirk can do that so well because we've seen him do that in a comedic setting as saul goodman in better Call Mm -hmm. soul which is a wonderful show also the other thing i want to mention about this film is that use of ironic music as well over the slow motion action scenes because I don't know if you know this, but like, what was the first film that actually started to do that? Because it is a bit of a trope in mm-hmm. action cinema now that you do the slow motion. I think Gunpowder Milkshake even does yeah. it. Uh, certainly Guardians of the Galaxy, I mm-hmm. feel like, started using ironic music mm-hmm. choices and putting that over the action scenes. So I think here it isn't just a trope, but it works quite well mm-hmm. because the music choices are so funny. So mm-hmm. a lot of them are oldies. Andy Williams, Nina Simone. There's a wonderful use of You'll Never Walk Alone by Jerry and the mm-hmm. Pacemakers during one of the scenes. And it fits a lot better because you can imagine Hutch is Bob's, uh, Odenkirk's character. You can imagine him listening to that mm-hmm. kind of music. You know, it feels like it's plucked yeah. from his own. He's got his own, I think we see his own record collection. Exactly, well. yeah. yeah. So it yeah. sort of links in quite nicely to yeah. to the character and the mood of the piece mm-hmm. as well. So all of this worked for me, yeah. nobody. Yeah. And it's 90 minutes long. Mm-hmm. How refreshing is yeah. that? Yeah. It's yeah. a 90-minute action film. Very We've not seen things, those no, for a while, have we, Mike? Seen, no. Yeah. Now, I really enjoyed Nobody. Um, I'm obviously a big fan of 87-11 and, 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 and all, their, all their projects and productions. Bob Odenkirk was great. I thought the whole cast was really good. Even yeah. um, You've got um, Christopher Lloyd in there and RZA and various other, uh, of course. other, other names. Um, and the stunger, you know, Daniel Bernhardt um, yeah. obviously did a great job training him. You've got Alain Moussi and you see a few faces you pop do. up, which is, which yeah. is nice to see. But for me, the, the one thing nobody lacked, I, I wanted more from the drama. Mm. And I never, for me, my experience watching it I was very entertained I thought it was fun I enjoyed it but I was never in um, I was never fearing for his life yeah. he was like from the get go he was just he was fine the worst experience he had was the bus sequence where he's meant to be a bit rusty he gets pretty banged up he gets in that banged bus up he's sequence. rusty but he's not it's more kind of like Oh, okay. It's you know yeah. he's he's not, and then and then work through to the end, big epic shootout. They're sending assassins to his place of yeah. work. All these things, he, like he's just breezing through it. It's not so for me. I would have liked to see a bit more. Oh, you know. Oh, he was joking. Maybe it's it's a light-hearted approach, and oh, now the stakes are higher. It's you know, I just, I just didn't didn't feel that danger, but I took it more as a light-hearted, entertaining. Um, spectacle as it yeah. were with this with this character this unlikely hero but um i just would have liked a bit more a bit more struggle a bit more me in the kind of way i mean it's a, it's, it's it's a different thing but like in kate the way she's so up against it and she's yeah. really, you know that you know i know it's tonally very different mm-hmm. but i would have liked um a bit more um yeah just just a bit a bit more blood sweat and tears yeah, yeah. from from bob although i'm sure that you know that's not the case in his prep for the role, he obviously put a lot into it, and that's that's super admirable. Um, but no, I, I, I had fun with it. I just would have, I just, I think maybe my expectation was wanting something a little bit different. There's a wonderful behind the scenes of that bus sequence yeah. involving Daniel Bernhardt mm-hmm. and Bob Odenkirk both talking through it. It's on mm-hmm. YouTube. And there's little bits, moments in the choreography where he accidentally bangs his head mm-hmm. <laughs> as he's falling on on certain bits. Little nuances like mm-hmm. that, which is which which adds obviously to the comedic value, but it does show him as a character. He's a bit, yeah. you know, a former assassin who's now out of 
uh, out of practice. Out of practice. But no, yeah. I mean, and it work. It works well in that regard. And I think maybe taken as more of a. It's not a comedy, but it's got that yeah. comedic strain to yeah. it. I think it does. It does work well in that regard. A lot of feedback on nobody yeah. from the Foo followers. Thank you all so much for getting in touch. Harry Nose Dad on Instagram said, "I loved nobody." Everyone knows what a brilliant actor Bob Odenkirk is, but he never seemed particularly robust, so it was a great pleasure to see how effective he was in the fight scenes. The scene on the bus, which we just mentioned there, Mike, where he finally snaps, was both completely brutal and very funny. Loved the use of music when he engages beast mode and injection of a lost masculinity in his marriage as a result great action great humor enjoyable characters loved it thank you harry knows dad on instagram rob from nj on instagram said nobody was fantastic one of the year's best cash nazar on twitter said nobody was really good but it borrowed a lot from the john wick series well i mean it's uh yeah it's the same uh, team yeah. as the John and it, and it, series. It, I think it really felt like the same. I mean, it could always almost be like he's waiting at the bus stop and John Wick yeah. drives past. It could yeah. be, it's very much in that same yeah. world. And you wonder, I think there's talk on the internet whether the two universes crossover, may yeah. cross over, okay. you know, yeah. maybe. And uh, on Instagram, it was the best film of the year for Mr. Roman Zaitsev, Super D 1972, Tarquin Bennett Coles and also the directors Ross Boyask and Matt Routledge aka Kung Fu Matty they all put Nobody as their favourite fight film of Mm -hmm. 2021 not my number one but it is my number three and your number three Mike was one shot so here we go it is now time to move on to our number two number two Okay then, Mike, your second best fight film mm-hmm. of 2021. Go for it. Yeah, my my number two choice, Ben, is The Paper Tigers. Oh, okay. These three young martial artists in their prime, they were notorious and um, referred to as the, the Three Tigers. They've all grown into middle-aged men kind of in you know various jobs and states of marriage or you know marriage collapse and things like that um but after their teacher's murder they come together reunited once again they have to put aside their old grudges and avenge him and find out the truth of what happened yeah um so this is written and directed by a really talented uh guy called bao tran and who's assembled a really wonderful cast um, and what, what's it really interesting about this? It's a great film in its own right. As we always, Ben, we always talk about context. It's like if you know the behind-the-scenes stories, or if you read stuff, yeah. should that does that a does that affect your yeah. view of a film, or and b should it you know affect it? And actually, you know, in a way, most stuff shouldn't. You should be able to watch a film in its own merit and just watch it, and yeah. you enjoy it, and hopefully, it's good. The Paper Tigers is a really great film. It's uh, was it it's it's a martial arts action comedy it's it's genuinely very funny it's very uh, sweet poignant um but it's got great action great fight scenes as well and the cast are great and um when i think you when you read more and there's a lot of interviews um with with Baltran out there um when you find out about the struggles it took to make this film and um you know the amount of time it took them to get it made i think even at one point they were encouraged to cast non-asian actors in the lead or at least one of the roles yep. and um 
basically, you know, they, they resisted all of this and made it in a very indie kind of DIY way, but exactly how they wanted to make it with their own cast in mind. They did it how they wanted to do it. And I think it absolutely paid off because when you watch this and you see these guys, so, you know, they're not unknown actors. They've all, they've all done stuff. But, um, you know, you can't imagine anyone else playing these characters. They're really funny, really compelling. And um, it's just, it's one of those, it's a very, very sweet-hearted but, but thoroughly entertaining films. And you, you think, I'm so glad they did it the way they wanted to do it. They made it on their terms. They didn't, they didn't like, sell out. They didn't dilute yeah. it. They did it how they wanted to do it. I'm sure it was incredibly hard. I'm sure they could have made it probably years earlier. A different way yeah. but they they did it their way and it's it's really good and it's um it has had a physical release as well in north america and elsewhere i know in the uk it's currently on streaming that's uh, right only um and i would hope for a, a blu-ray one day maybe here but i've i've got it you know i did the download and keep stream because i did, definitely will watch it time and again um yeah no. i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Really, really, just such a such a great film, and I was really happy to see this and see it again. What, what were your thoughts? Well, we saw this on the big screen as yeah, well. Yeah, we did. Forget. We saw it. Yeah, we saw it premiered at Fighting Spirit Fighting Film Spirit. Festival in the UK and watched it again on streaming. But it's one, definitely one of those ones you can see yourself going to time and again because it is a really good. It's a feel good, heartwarming yeah. martial arts story that's also very funny and has good action. Yeah, yeah. I think I've seen it three yeah. times now. They were offered a lot of money and were told to cast Bruce Willis in the film, I believe. Which is nuts. Which is nuts. Who would he even play? Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. they, well, I think Bao said it would have. they would have needed to have rewritten the script, yeah, I yeah. guess, to sort of... You know, it's a head-scratcher, isn't it? How on yeah. earth that would have worked? But- I mean, it's because it's such a... I guess what's nice about it is obviously it's an Asian... It's an Asian cast, Asian filmmaker, and it's a very... It's a very strong Asian story, and it's set in that community. Although it's in America, it's 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 like based around the Asian community, the yeah. martial arts culture as well. So you think again when you know the film, when you know what they did with it. Any any deviation from that would be such a strange. Yeah, it would it would completely change the tone and and effects. On I'm glad they you know they were able to do it how they wanted yeah. to do it. Yeah, yeah, filmed in Seattle, of yeah. course, which mm-hmm. is you know home of Bruce Lee's yeah. first school and where he studied and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so many nods to all these kung fu movie references as well. I mean, I love the Paper Tigers. Mm-hmm. Lots of feedback on the Paper Tigers from the Foo followers. Thank Very you good. all so much. Lee Mitchell again over email. Thank you, Lee. Hi, Ben. I think the Paper Tigers should be in the top 10 for this year, and it deserves to be. Well, it's Mike's number two of mm-hmm. the year. Time on Sing on Twitter. 
I was really surprised by and loved Paper Tigers. Hopefully it can find a UK audience. On Instagram, Igor Milenaric won. The Paper Tigers was great and Shang-Chi and Black Widow. Raging Fire was meh. Expected more. Interesting uh, view points there. Thank you very much for getting in touch. Yafet Pruitt on Instagram. Paper Tigers, hands down! Exclamation mark. And Kadirksky NKY on Instagram. Favourite fight film, The Paper Tigers. Favourite action film, Raging Fire. So uh, interesting views there from the Foo followers on The Paper Tigers. That's your number two mm-hmm. of the year. My number two is raging fire okay yeah okay raging fire so raging fire i've seen a few times Mm -hmm. now i think i've seen that three times so a lot to say about this film Mm -hmm. now first of all i mean how often do we get to see a contemporary hong kong donnie yen action film in this day and age yeah i mean we're so spoiled because it's not just a donnie yen action film just the hong kong action films of old we haven't had them for such a long time um even the the biggest stars not just donnie jackie all these people tends to it seems like it's always mainland chinese films the gritty the kind of the aesthetic of the hong kong action film is something we all sorely miss that's true safe to say this is what makes it so sad in a way that this was benny chan's final film a great hong kong director of action films who passed away in august 2020 now benny and donnie first worked together in 1995 for the tv series fist of fury and they vowed to work with each other again Mm -hmm. at some point Uh, They finally did, of course, but of course this ends up being uh, Benny's uh, swan song, unfortunately. Mm. Benny died of cancer at the age of 58 last year. During the production, I believe, is that right? I believe, yeah, he, so this is the, it's such a, I can't get my head around it to be honest, it's really sad, but he he was diagnosed, he obviously, I think he felt ill by all accounts, he was sick. Um, during the shoot, he was uh, went to the doctors and was diagnosed, and he found out he had cancer and he's you know, terminally ill. But um, that was during the shoot. But nonetheless, he was able to go back and finish the shoot. So I believe he he finished principal photography. They shot the film. But what he did then do was knowing or kind of estimating that he wouldn't be around long enough for post-production he started delegating jobs in terms of how he wanted the film to be completed in post-production and that was you know according to his wishes so by all accounts that's what yeah yeah so it's as close to benny's vision for the film i guess is the version that that we that we do see donnie is obviously great in this film very solid performance from Donnie Yen, but it is a double header, really, isn't it? Because Nicholas C is the um, villain of the movie. Villain in an interesting sense. I guess he's the bad cop to Donnie's yeah. good cop. Well, he's definitely the uh, the antagonist to yes. Donnie's protagonist. Nicholas C's worked with Benny Chan a, a few mm-hmm. times over the years. He's a multifaceted, he's got an amazing career. He's a singer, yeah. he's an actor, he's an entrepreneur, he's a TV chef. Yeah, yeah. And he gives a very incredibly charismatic performance in this film you could argue he sort of steals the film yeah, slightly from extent, donnie yeah. i would and say he, he goes from he's it's kind of a clark kent transformation is it? he's got yeah. nice short hair with glasses when he's yeah. a good guy and then he he loses the glasses and gets kind of like 
long like it's kind of like greasy rock star yeah. cool look with his open button shirt and he looks he's no he's very cool he's very very doing uh, sit-ups with yeah. a knife yeah exactly it's yeah. very cool very cool <laughs> so it's a really gritty movie it evokes films like the dark nights and definitely heat but it's not without its typical hong kong melodrama mm-hmm. so if you were picking holes in the film you could look at that and say you know, some of those sequences are maybe a little bit schmaltzy, shall I'll we say. I'll tell you what, though, Ben. I'm going to argue with you on this Fair one. enough. No, no I, um, I agree. I understand what you mean. But it's just, I think it's very typical Hong Kong totally. cinema. And what might be jarring is for those of us who haven't seen those films for a long time, yeah. unless you watch them on a regular basis. Yeah. I mean, my biggest critique of Raging Fire, and I love Raging Fire, um, I think even even in the action, tonally, it's a bit it's a it's a, it's a bit um, patchy in places. Yeah. For example, you know you'll get sequences which are very gritty and very played played more realistically, like certain like shootout scenes, which take a lot from heat, um, or even some of the um, some of the fight scenes where you know I love the there's a shanty town fight where Donnie's that's um, wonderful. To, to put it in context, Donnie's going in kind of going in without wanting to kick kick the hornet's nest. But then, you know, he finds the, 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 the criminal inhabitants of this place coming down on him, but he needs to fight his way out, but he doesn't really want to hurt people because yeah. he's not supposed to be there. It's that kind of scenario. But um, tonally, there are also some kind of like over the top extravagant action scenes like a sequence with a motorcycle. Um, There's some odd little yeah. action beats in that yeah. sequence in particular. Yeah. I mean, if we're being nitpicky, you would. Yeah, mark, it's nitpicky. I guess it's it just up. it's it's just it's just consistency. If it was yeah. all if it was all crazy over the top like this particular motorbike scene, that would that would be the tonal style of the yes, film. Yes. Or if it was all pure realism, that would be fine. It's, it just when it when it varies, it I find it a bit. It's a bit of a jolt in the brain. You're kind of are we in are we in realistic territory or are we yeah. in almost OTT cartoonish action territory yeah. there's a little bit of that but to be honest I'm nitpicking and I enjoyed it over, yeah. you know overall it was just some some points like yeah, that yeah you could also argue it's marginally too long I think there's maybe mm-hmm. some sequences that could have could have come down a bit but on the whole I really enjoyed this film there's yeah. more than enough stuff to take from it that's um, yeah. particularly if you're a fan of you know these movies there's a there's a lot in there to enjoy i would say yeah and i i really think you know uh, being benny chan's benny chan's a great director he's made many i'm a big fan of new police story shaolin yeah, and various great, others great. um donnie's obviously you know donnie's a legend nicholas c's great as well there's a lot of other good actors in it. simon yam who's in yeah I mean, makes a nice little you know, he makes a nice appearance but you know i think for benny he, he it feels like you can't help knowing this backstory and knowing that what he went through and that the heaviness of that I can't get my head around no. of yeah, but it, it, it seems to me like he probably threw everything he could at this mm-hmm. so what we're maybe what we're picking apart a little bit in terms of going insane in the action department and some of that over the top I, I think he, he probably I mean clearly this would have been scripted before they would have known what they're doing but he just went for it knowing what was going to happen which is a, a very morbid way of seeing it he kind of had it he he he, he chose his final film as he wanted to do it he yeah. really threw everything at it and it is all building to that final fight mm-hmm. scene in the church which is wonderful Kenji Tanagaki got involved yeah. in the fight choreography for that so many nice beats in that choreography I know they show it in the trailer where you know Nicholas C's head get slammed against the piano and they roll along mm-hmm. the piano you know little bits like that just really inventive choreography that just reminds you you know Donnie Yen 
you know, the guy's in his mid to late fifties. Guys, now. I want to say this as well. I've read some. I've read some critiques, and oh, we wanted Donny to do more kicks, or wanted it to be more like this. He's fifty-eight. Yeah, he's nearly on. sixty. It's insane, and he's still doing what he's doing. Yeah, I can't think of anyone in the West who does that level of fighting at that age. No, I. I can't think of. Anyone. I can't think of anyone. No, can't think of anyone. And he looks great. He's, yeah. you know, he looks. He's so fighting fit and fresh you feel like he could continue making yeah. these movies for the next 20 years yeah absolutely I hope he does yeah. a lot of very positive feedback mm-hmm. about Raging Fire from the Foo followers Daniel at Shirtless Dan on Twitter Raging Fire the action is constant and kinetic Nicholas C is such a captivating watch as he plays both extremes of Ngoi's personality Tarlinis on Instagram Raging Fire alone the end fight is worthy of a fight choreography award mm-hmm. Dosai Lam on Twitter Dynasty Warriors was an abomination not a fight film please remove it from your list and just award it to the only real kung fu flick in this lineup Raging Fire mm-hmm. Christopher Evans on Twitter my top picks this year number one Raging Fire for the non-stop action scenes Number two, Hal Hath No Fury. Mm-hmm. Number three, The Paper Tigers for being a great original movie. And number four, Made in Chinatown for the return of the mighty Lo Mang. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for that, Christopher. Too Fast 11 on Instagram. Raging Fire was amazing. Shang-Chi and Kate as well. I'll go Raging Fire. Hong Kong action is the best out there. Thank you so much. That's from Too Fast 11 on Instagram. Adamski on Twitter, Raging Fire and Nobody for me. Looking forward to the episodes. Thank you, Adamski. Kash Nazar on Twitter, Raging Fire was not perfect, but satisfied the most. It was a really good time with great energy. Ginger Dome 81 on Instagram, tie between Raging Fire and Rurouni Kenshin the final. Thank you for that message. Okay, so that's Raging Fire. That's my number two. And your number two, Mike, was the Paper Tigers. So... I think now is the time to reveal our number one. This is our favourite martial arts film of 2021. Here we go. This is number one. Number one. Okay, Mike, I think I can guess this. And what's your guess? So my guess, Mike, is that Raging Fire is your favourite. It is indeed. You are 100% correct. Fantastic. Um, So... Again, not to repeat too much of what we've said. No, I just really, I really love this uh, this film. And um, what's funny is, you know, despite a few flaws, it's not it's not a perfect film. No. I can acknowledge the kind of things we're talking about, some of the comments that you know that you've had from the listeners. But no, it was it was super entertaining, really enjoyable, very poignant as well. Being Benny's last film, great tribute to him, of course. At the end of the film, always love seeing Donnie. And it's just look, I think if you're a fan of the old school, hard boiled Hong Kong cop gangster type films this is like tailor made for you yeah. um, I've always been more into that than historical kung fu films yeah if I'm we've being discussed honest. this before I think Mike so yeah. so you still like the, like the It Man film yeah I love I, I do I love like the purest martial yeah. arts films I am a fan of that but I think I'm I lean more towards the John Woo yeah. um, 
you know the chalian fats the even of donny um my favorite film of his is probably spl yeah um as much as you know as much as tiger cage and other and T- yeah, tiger cage again cage. which maybe blends the blends both it's got martial arts but it's yeah. also a gritty cop yeah yeah um thriller so there's different different elements there but no i mean i think if you're a fan of any of the particularly the 80s and 90s hong kong action cinema of which we're all big fans but if that's your cup of tea this i think raging fire is your thing definitely and probably the people that maybe were a bit disappointed by it, i would imagine were maybe expecting more of a, a kung fu martial arts yeah. showcase piece yeah, perhaps probably. Probably. it's one of those films where sadly i don't know how m- many more we're going to get uh from hong kong but it's nice to see a film like this coming you know paying tribute to that that golden age and i also feel a sort of a sense of duty that we can keep those alive by supporting and championing these types of films and they're good anyway so it's not like I'm doing it as a favour to the film and the film doesn't need my help but it's just a great film and I think as I say if you're a fan of this type of hard-boiled morally ambiguous as well action genre cinema not the squeaky clean mainland Chinese stuff we tend to get um, it's it's great my number one film like is The Paper Tigers good yeah I I love this film (laughs) Okay. I probably do also need to make clear that this seems to be a film that's very much aimed at my age group, someone who's in their middle age, approaching middle age, someone who... A bit creaky getting out of bed. A bit creaky, yes. Um, my kung fu is not what it used to be. Yeah. And it just ticks so many boxes mm-hmm. for me, this film. Yeah. It also helps that the film does have an incredibly heartwarming message at the heart of the film so it is about these three kung fu brothers who have drifted apart and they do come together again in middle age and they rekindle their passion for martial arts but also their friendship as well Mm -hmm. and it's really funny as well the scenes particularly involving matt page Mm -hmm. are very funny matt plays master ken in the enter the dojo youtube series which is definitely worth checking out if um if you haven't seen that i also love the fact that he yes he's a sort of comedy foil character but also he's not just the butt of the joke although he's a bit of a a dweeb and they take the mickey out of him a lot when he it comes to actually the fight scenes and they show that he's actually no he's a really good Mm -hmm. kung fu master Mm -hmm. you know it isn't just all all for show and i really Mm -hmm. liked that it was quite a surprising element to his character i thought and i think he's shown to be although these guys you should say these guys are on opposing factions aren't they initially and there's a rivalry there but he's shown to have a good he's a good guy he's got a good good heart heart. yeah absolutely Um, so there is that multifaceted beyond Big shout out to Ken Katigua. His fight choreography is powerful. It's fast and it's technically very well executed, isn't it? It's yeah, it's it's, it's really much. wonderful. Special shout out also to the Marshall Club team too for their work in this. So that's the brothers Andy Lee and Brian Lee. They've both had an amazing year. We haven't really spoken about Andy and mm-hmm. uh, Brian too much yet, but obviously 2021 has been a fantastic year for them, doing great things now, moving from, you know, starting out at, at doing YouTube videos, and now they worked on Shang-Chi, they're working on Michelle Yeoh's new uh, movie as well, so that's really great news. What I also loved about The Paper Tigers, gosh, there's, there's so many things that I like about this film. I think one thing we didn't mention was he, he, they actually turned to crowdsourcing mm-hmm. at one point just to get that initial bit of funding mm-hmm. to get the, the, the film underway. So I love that the producers just threw everything 
they had at this movie because they just really believed in mm-hmm. it and they really wanted to tell the story the way that they felt it should be told. Mm-hmm. I think that is very, very admirable. And it took 10 years. It took 10 yeah. years for this film to get made. I really hope, guys, if you're listening, you have an easier time next time because you definitely deserve it. Yeah, absolutely. Let's hope it really does just act as a springboard for, yeah. for all those guys involved. And it is one of those things, you know, it's easy. Films come and go and it's easy to, like, we champion films we like, we talk about them and then it kind of fizzles out and we all move on. But I think these films that deserve support really need to be yeah. it need to be continually held up and because again it's it's not the fact that you know you, you have to watch it right now you could see it you know some people may have seen it earlier this year some people might discover it next year but yeah. so long as enthusiastic film fans and martial arts fans can discover these films so whether we're telling friends we know or spreading the word you know it gives new people um an opportunity to see them but it gives these guys again a platform to have their film seen so I think that's that's really important it's rare when we do these end of year shows that we do have a a fully fledged kung fu movie we are the Mm -hmm. kung fu movie guy podcast at the end of the day Mm -hmm. the paper tigers is without doubt a kung fu movie Mm -hmm. it's also hands down I would say it's a very good movie Mm -hmm. standalone movie even if you're not into kung fu movies I would recommend to anyone to to watch the paper tigers and for that reason alone I think that's why it's got to be my number one raging fire i love to bits don't get me Mm -hmm. wrong but that is a crime action movie it is a martial arts movie it is a fight centric film it deserves to be Mm -hmm. in the list but i think if we're talking pure kung fu martial arts paper tigers is my winner. yeah no i wouldn't argue that so it's a it's a good choice for number one as well i think so this is going to be tricky because normally we come to some kind of agreement where we have a film of the year yeah but my number one was your number two and then my number two was your number one. So maybe we just so we, agree to have a joint we, winner we, this year. We, we fight to the death yeah. to see yeah. who wins. I'm going to say a joint winner this year, okay. Raging Fire and The Paper okay. Tigers are our films of the year. Great. Kung Fu without honour. It's just fighting. Three tigers, baby. Yeah, yeah. That's right, that's right. How about taste, old man? Dad. Yeah, buddy. Do you know any Kung Fu? I'm retired. Who's the old guy? That was our teacher. Called him Sifu. You didn't hear? Sifu's dead. Okay, great stuff. Thank you so much, Mike. That was uh, that was great to hear your top five. Before we move on from this, let's just run through a couple of our honourable mentions mm-hmm. of some of the movies that didn't quite make your top five yeah. that we did enjoy. I've got quite a few of these because okay. I found it yeah. so hard. There's so many films this year that you know I, I really enjoyed, but it's hard when you yeah. we have to narrow them down to five. So, do you have any yeah. honourable mentions? Yeah, I just I think um, a few things spring to mind, particularly with the year we've had and the pandemic and so on. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to Castle Falls, the new Dolph Lundgren film. Yeah, enjoyed that. Which was um, it was of course shot during the pandemic. I think they filmed for literally half a day or so before they were shut down, and um, had a long layoff, and then they had to come back and film. And obviously, it's Dolph and Scott Adkins working together under Dolph's. uh, directorial duties actually the first film he's directed for nearly a decade since yeah. um, Icarus his last film and I'm a big fan of Dolph as a director but no I just think it's worth it's worth mentioning it's a good solid thriller 
action thriller with martial arts with fight scenes kind of in the vein of trespass the water hill film yeah. which um, i'm a big fan of the kind of elements of um assault on precinct 13 as well there's that kind of um that aspect but you know super admirable what they were able to do in pandemic situations filming something again with all the regulations socially distanced as much as possible i'm sure you know one of the first yeah. films i, I think that so, probably yeah. came back yeah. and filmed during yeah. the pandemic with uh, again it'll be socially distanced i'm sure offset you know everyone's being regularly tested wearing face masks crew yeah. and so on it's very, super difficult i'm sure anyone who's made an indie film will say it's hard enough as it is without throwing those you know Absolutely. those spanners in the works um but they did a good job it's genuinely it's a good film yeah. it's, it feels very intimate there's a lot of drama in there alongside um the action and um i've heard you know dolph's talked about um and i think scott as well because they had this layoff period where they had to stop shooting um they were in regular contact dolph and scott talked a lot about the characters and they they developed a lot of ideas so there was a kind of a i guess a a residual benefit that nobody asked for would be they talked about the script they talked about the characters they developed a, a, maybe a, a camaraderie yeah. around how the characters are going to interact on, on screen and so on so you know there was a benefit ultimately that they they gained from it um and added a lot of drama so i think castle falls is something that yeah I, good I wanted one to mention is what, yeah what would you say next ben, well choice? let's call out the raruni kenshin films okay, yeah, because yeah. there was uh two of those uh this year and that's parts four and five yeah. for anyone who's keeping up to date with the Rurouni Kenshin mm-hmm. series. And one's a prequel, right? And one is a prequel, correct? Yeah. So this, I'm guessing, is the last of the Rurouni Kenshin films. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine where else they would go with with that series. So for the sake of this, I'm just going to combine the two films. So okay. they were both released this year: the final and the beginning. The final was released first, followed by the beginning, which mm-hmm. is the prequel. And there's a lot of fans of these movies out there. A lot of the Foo followers getting in touch. Orion Anakaris on Instagram wrote, Raruni Kenshin 4 was phenomenal. So 4 is the final. Mm -hmm. I know folks will say they prefer 5 for being bloodier. That's me. I preferred five mm-hmm. out, of, out of the two. Uh, but I just love the fourth film, the cinematography, the fight choreo, the dialogue and the stunts mm-hmm. were magic. Gilgamesh on Twitter, easily Raruni Kenshin. But I haven't seen many martial arts films this year. Mm-hmm. OK, that's fair dues. So I actually smashed through all of these films when they yeah. landed on Netflix this year. Because am I right? I think the first one was 2012 or so, was it? Sounds about right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And look, they're solidly made. Mm-hmm films they are very consistent if i had a quibble about this series i'd say they're 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 too long Mm -hmm. do you necessarily need to tell this story over five films could could it have been truncated slightly i i would i would argue yes but you cannot fault the fight choreography Mm -hmm. the action super kinetic it's so well imagined it has a very good visual flair and style particularly when you traditionally think of what samurai films mm-hmm. are like and the action scenes in samurai films this really flips the lid on 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 how you would traditionally film uh, a samurai mm-hmm. action scene and that is down to kenji tanagaki mm-hmm. at the end of the day wonderfully inventive uh, fight choreographer and did great work in training the actors. Takiri Sato is an actor, he's not a martial artist, but performs wonderfully in, mm-hmm. in the action scenes. So were there any other honourable mentions? At yeah, all? I, um, I wanted to give a shout out to, it's not pure martial arts by any means, or even particularly martial arts to be honest, but the documentary Hollywood Bulldogs, The Rise and Falls of the Great British Stuntman. Yeah. And obviously with my 
my work in life of action and interviewing stunt people and so on and yours as well ben it's a good it's a it's a so it's a, there's a good association there so and i'm sure yeah. listeners of this um of this show would then would equally be interested in that i will say it's more that the focus is a lot more on it's obviously it's called hollywood bulldogs the rise and falls of the great british stuntman it's very much british it takes a british angle it's more um it's it's an older kind of older British um, um, flavor as well. So the kind of Rocky um, Taylor, yeah, Rocky Taylor's in there, yeah. Vic Armstrong, yeah. um, kind of the um, the stunt people from like the sixties, seventies. Yeah. But it's that kind of um, Bond, Indiana Jones. It's more that vein than you know modern day martial arts films. But you know a lot of these guys did obviously did did train in boxing yeah. or hand to hand combat and things. And it's just a lot of good stories of like kind of like quite candid almost like sitting in the pub with them having a chat hearing the old stories and anecdotes and injuries and some crazy you know some obviously the the, the kind of crazy stories you'd imagine does rocky talk about his death wish he uh, does he does stunts, yeah he yeah. does and um that's obviously a very sad story and it's yeah. right how he was he was badly injured it's kind of a um whatever because obviously you've had him on the show ben would, mm. would, would, would it wasn't a career ending injury but it certainly affected his career he sees it as a well, a career-altering yeah, injury yeah. because it it sort of put a blocker on the, his yeah uh, his career yeah. as a stunt yeah. performer, but yeah. moving into stunt coordination. Yeah, yeah. I, I get the sense from Rocky that he feels that that he was on the right trajectory and knew the right mm. people was was you know within the the circles yeah. there to make a career as a stunt yeah. coordinator. He does have a successful yeah, career as yeah. a stunt coordinator, but it's certainly stalled. Yeah. And I'm sure yeah. not in the way he would have chosen no, to do it. No. So Gosh. that's bad. No, he does talk about that. And there's a lot of good good foot archive footage and yeah. you know behind the scenes stuff and obviously interviews, candid interviews with these guys. So it's like it's an old it's a lost generation, you know, it's mm. these a lot of these guys are in their 70s and some of them, you know, some of them even in their 80s and it's like Obviously, now it's a whole different generation, clearly, of yeah. stunt performers. But interestingly, some of these guys still, they talk about, you know, in their, they're in their 70s. But if they're asked to do something that's within their capabilities, obviously, they're not going to push themselves outside that. If they can still get involved, they will. And it's yeah. quite, it's obviously, it's fun. it sounds funny, but it's admirable and it's cool that they, they're still involved. So that's that's definitely worth a look i just want to do a special shout out for bruised as well okay, yeah, the yeah. halle berry halle berry's directorial debut okay, yeah. i want to bring this up because i just think she's fantastic and mm-hmm. what an accomplished and confident directorial debut bearing in mind that this is a film that really tackles some pretty heavy dramatic issues and her she's acting and really committing to that acting performance as well as then you know, running behind the camera and and directing everything else. I mean, gosh, there's there's a lot to take on really for your first. Yeah, it's a very film. it's a very tall order, and I don't think I don't think anyone can fully comprehend how hard it would be to star in something, direct, and be front and center in the action, performing the action, yeah. remembering the choreography, dramatically delivering. And then again, remembering camera play, you know, camera placement, but also thinking about the rest of the scene or the the film as a whole. It's a very tall order, and not many people have done it or can do it. She's obviously super experienced, but she's not done a project quite like this. No. This sort of action, um, in, in in that sort of action demand. But you do forget, standpoint. just you know, I mean, she's Storm in Next Men for mm-hmm. God's sakes. Like she has a history, Catwoman, mm-hmm. of course, yeah, yeah. and she's fresh off uh, John Wick three mm-hmm. when when she made this film. So you know, she's she's certainly done action before. Yeah. yeah. But what a committed performance that she gives yeah. in Bruised and she's playing a, a sort of disgraced UFC fighter or at least fallen mm-hmm. from grace 
who's making her comeback in, in, in the ring. And she takes on a real UFC fighter, Valentina Shevchenko. Mm-hmm. And she's more than her equal in that final sequence. I mean, you wouldn't think, you know, <laughs> this is a an actor that's trained for the role. I think mm-hmm. she she more than comes across as a... As a competent mixed martial artist mm-hmm. bearing in mind Valentina Shevchenko I googled this is 33 mm-hmm. and Halle Berry is 55 yeah. so that's quite a, an age difference and you mm-hmm. really she's more than her equal in mm-hmm. that in that final fight scene it is about mixed martial arts obviously but I wouldn't go into this film expecting you know undisputed mm-hmm. or something like that yeah. it's it's not quite that Boyka doesn't movie. make a cameo there's no Boyka in this <laughs> film no that would be yeah. one of my honourable she, mentions she's obviously well into this um, the martial martial arts theme yeah thinking undisputed five maybe that's a Halle Berry movie there we go maybe she could put it out there into the universe and let it let it happen yeah yeah yeah. we should give a special shout out to Luc Van Tien as well uh, aka Kung Fu Warrior Vietnamese action comedy a lot of love out there for this one Mike Cash Nazar on Twitter not a 2021 film no it isn't a 2021 film it's a 2017 film uh, but Andy Long's Kung Fu Warrior, viewed at this year's Fighting Spirit Film Festival, was my favourite new viewing. And over email, Colin Squire. Thanks for getting in touch, Colin. For me, and I'm not sure if this counts because it came out in 2017, but only became available over here on Prime this year. It's Kung Fu Warrior with Andy Long. This film had the nostalgia of 80s Kung Fu, but felt fresh. I can't wait to see what Scott and Andy do in Accident Man 2. Mm -hmm. All the best, Colin. Yet another great season of the podcast, Ben. Thank you so much for that. I just left that uh, in there at the end there, as you can see. I would say if we're judging this on Kung Fu action choreography alone, then yes, it could could well have been in the top five. Mm -hmm. I mean... Andy Long is someone who is part of the Jackie Chan stunt team. He very much comes from that tradition. And this is some of the best Jackie Chan-inspired fight choreography that I've seen for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Wonderful sequences, Mike. That circus Mm -hmm. routine where he's jumping through the hoops, Mm -hmm. just incredible. The final fight as well is... Just great. Another shout out we should say to the Marshall Club boys because they're in yeah. there, Andy Lee and Brian Lee as well. Plus Lorenz Hideyoshi and Felix Fukuyoshi. They're the German-based stunt team, the Young Masters. All of that is spot on and perfect and just amazing. I just wish the rest of the film and the infrastructure mm-hmm. around that uh, connected with me mm-hmm. a lot more than it actually did. Mm-hmm. Um, the the comedy, some of the beats are just completely misfired for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a lost in trans- translation thing. Yeah. We should say Luc Van Tien is actually based on an epic 19th century poem. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm guessing this would land a lot better within Vietnam, potentially. Yeah. As a calling card for what Andy Long is capable of achieving. He's wonderful mm-hmm. in the lead role as well, we should say. And what his stunt team can create. What an amazing you know achievement this is on what i would imagine is probably quite a small budget as well they've really captured the essence of hong kong yeah. fight choreography in a really good way yeah, as well definitely. mike would you agree with, with yeah that? no definitely and i think it's it's nice to see because we so often especially in martial arts cinema we talk about china and hong kong yeah and occasionally korea and other places south korea um you know, Vietnam does have its own industry and its own market, and they've done, they've made a lot of very 
impressive martial arts films in their own right and there's a slightly different flavor and approach yeah and this is another one that's really strong so it's it kind of it opens a new door that if you're not too familiar with uh with vietnamese martial arts films there are some good ones out there there's some good act really good actors who've traveled and gone elsewhere as absolutely well. but um yeah it's uh you know it it it, it it bodes well for the future of Vietnamese martial yeah. arts cinema. And although there are you say, some, some of the Jackie influences or Hong Kong influences, it does still keep its own identity and cultural yeah. um, flavor, I think, which yeah. is nice. Any other honorable mentions? Yeah, I wanted to give a, a nice little shout out to Riot and the Last Dragon because I really, really enjoyed this, really yeah. moved by it. It was a really beautiful, sweet uh, Disney film, obviously an animated film, but you know, good action. It is a martial arts film. It's literally got you know a lot of um, a, is, a ton yeah. of ton of action, ton of fight scenes, um, and mysticism and kind of fantasy elements yeah, from yeah. the sort from the um, from the talking historical. dragon. Yeah, exactly, talking dragon. That's great. Um, but no, it's just really uh, really sweet. I think it's a great film for all ages. One of those rare ones where it's obviously it, it would be enjoyed by kids. Clearly, I'm sure they're the the key demographic, but. You know, for adults as well, and if you're a martial arts fan, I think you get a lot out of it. So um, I, I had a really great time with Ryan the Last Dragon. More so, thinking about in the Disney realm, I, to be honest, I enjoyed that more than uh, Black Widow. Yeah, I mean, interesting. Honest. Yeah, well, that's actually so. Ogie on Twitter uh, messaged us Ryan and the Last Dragon. Those action sequences could rival Shang Chi and Black Widow. So that was the mm -hmm. the feedback that we got there on Raya and the Last Dragon, available on Disney Plus. Fun for all the family. A nice one to watch over Christmas, maybe yes, if anyone, definitely. if you haven't seen it. Mike, one last film that I just wanted to flag, and I think if we don't talk about it, then it would be seen as a bit of an oversight because 2021 was the year that we saw the return of Mortal Kombat. A lot of love out there, Mike, for MK 2021. Mm -hmm. Sothia Cho Iam. Sothia writes, Mortal Kombat, great action cast and crew. It had great action fight scenes and fatalities. Kong Lao, Liu Kang, Raiden, Sub-Zero and Scorpion stand out the most in the film. MK Sherlock on Twitter wrote, Mortal Kombat, and that's with four exclamation marks, mm -hmm. because it's Mortal Kombat and seriously because MK lore is huge and just has a really good and deep story. Plus, the actors in the MK2021 are awesome, especially Josh Lawson, Max Wan, Lewis Tan and Joe Taslim. And Cy Millam on Instagram wrote Mortal Kombat. Quite a good movie. Thank you very much. Uh, however, Cash Nazar on Twitter wrote, I had high hopes for Mortal Kombat, but overall it's underwhelmed despite many things being done right. Mm -hmm. So I quite enjoyed mm -hmm. the new Mortal Kombat movie. Those fatalities, mm -hmm. I mean, my gosh, so over the top, but so in keeping with the video game. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why the fan reaction to this film was very positive. Yeah. Didn't have enough techno in it for me. That's the only uh, only other. It would date it in 1995. A bit too <laughs> much of a timestamp. Yes. Yeah, yeah. On the whole, though, Mike, not not too bad. No, no, no. It was. It was. I think the key thing there was it was fun. Yeah. It was enjoyable. Yeah. And it did. Again, it, it stuck. It stuck to its roots. It stuck to its violent video game. Yeah. Uh, heritage. The biggest quibble I had, which I think a lot of people had who would have criticised the new Mortal Kombat, was I wish they chose a game character to be the to be the lead, um, rather yes. than rather than you know they obviously wrote like a new character and surrounded him with characters we know from the game. I wish they'd just taken it doesn't have Liu Kang. It doesn't have to be Liu Kang. It could be 
Johnny Cage, it could be whoever, yeah. Kung Lao, make it Kung Lao's story and let that be the, yeah. the springboard. And sequel, I don't think it's been greenlit I'm yet. Not sure yet. I'm no. not too sure. I mean, the film does set up mm-hmm. the potential for a sequel. So I guess we watch, watch this space. Yeah. Okay, thank you so much, Mike. Um, before we wrap things up, here's a quick look at the films that are coming up next year. Things to look forward to in 2022. So I have a list of films here, which I hope you can see. You've got the list there in front of you. A lot of big stuff coming up in 2022. What's ticking your boxes, would you say, out of out of that list? Well, yeah, I, there's there's a whole lot to look forward there's to. There's a lot um, here, isn't there? I mean, yeah, I'm really looking forward to Havoc, yes. the new Gareth Evans joint. Um, obviously, loved all his work previously, most recently in working in the TV space with Gangs of London, which I enjoyed very much. Um, Gangs of London Series 2 is coming up, of course. Yeah. But meanwhile, he's been busy on this, which is his new Netflix film with Tom Hardy, and I'm sure Tom will be killing a lot of people yeah. in this. So we, we don't know too much about this yet beyond, you know, we've yeah. seen some teaser art and some things, but... and this, Good cast. Forrest Whitaker's in there, and a few other, great. a few other great actors. Accident Man too. Yeah. Look forward to the return of Mike Fallon. Yeah. Um, and Scott working with some interesting people as well as, as we've talked about. Good cast. Good, you know, up and coming directors. It'll be interesting to see a new, a new spin, a new flavour brought to the mix. I imagine the new Blade. I'm, yeah. I'm a big fan of the original Blade. Actually, I think perhaps I'm, I think I like Blade too more than the first. Controversy. Blade Two great. Yeah. Um, Blade Trinity. Let's not go into that. We don't. We don't have to go into that. But no, Blade. For fans of Blade, this is going to be cool. I think it'll be interesting to see what they do with that yeah. um, going forward. Um, October. That's out. Yeah. It's a, it's a while away. It's a while away. But, but soon after, maybe Christmas podcast twenty twenty two. We can talk about that. Yeah. Extraction two. Extraction two. Sam Hargrave. Sam Hargrave. Yeah. Mr. Hemsworth as well. Our film of the, the year, yeah, last year. and that was that was great. I really, really enjoyed that. Obviously, they ended with the uh, well, we were a bit unsure as to whether he. Made oh, it. he was dead. Yeah, he was dead, but he's he back. He was dead. I don't know. It's either a prequel or it's a yeah um, stretching reality a bit, yeah. but it's fine. Whatever, it's all good. So plenty to look forward to in 2022. Before we go, Mike, I should just say thank you so much for agreeing to take part in this show our mm, annual thank you very end much for having me ben as always wrap up thank you so much and thank you for your great hospitality for no inviting me around to your to your lovely home here as well okay. to uh to host the show i do uh wish you and jill all the all the best for you, 2022 and merry christmas so there we go let's raise a glass ho, ho, ho. ho 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 indeed yeah. thank you so much mike i wish everyone well and all the best for the new year and of course it's been nice to be back with your good self i'm always grateful to be asked back ben because i don't i never feel like i automatically should be back but you're very kind to ask me back so i'm, I'm grateful for that no worries and hopefully people enjoy listening to our yeah. silly conversations <laughs> and a bit self-indulgent for us to spread it over two episodes this year but it's always a tricky one to edit this show and you know because we we just talk for so long yeah, I, guess. I think to put it in context people should understand i don't know how long it is maybe an hour an hour and a half has, is usually a, an entire afternoon's like four or five hour oh, conversation. Yeah, so easily. I'm not suggesting both parts combined should be five hours or however long. <laughs> no, but that's, at that's least stretching. you're less you're you're less restricted, I guess, in terms yeah, that's of how right. you how you edit. That's right. Great. Cool. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you. Thank you for your time today and for joining me for this the end of year show 
on the Kung Fu Movie Guy podcast. We will now be going on a little bit of a break. In the meantime, please do check out our archive of episodes. We've had some amazing guests on the show, not just this year, but in previous years as well. The podcast is available from all major podcast providers. And if you do want to stay up to date with all the latest martial arts movie news and reviews, then be sure to visit our website, kungfumovieguide.com. You can also follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And even though we might not be on the air, so to speak, I don't suppose you can say on the air if you record a podcast, but you know what I mean. Uh, you can always contact me on the email address hello at kungfumovieguide.com. And that is about it from me, Ben Johnson, and from him, Mike Fury. We just want to wish all the food followers around the world listening to this happy holidays, Merry Christmas, all the very best for a wonderful and happy new year. Thank you all so much for your support in 2021. Do take care, do stay safe, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye. There we are. Thanks for listening to part two of our KFMG Pod end of year show and part one, of course, if you did also listen to that. I just wanted to add a few things here at the end and sign up properly before we wrap up the podcast for this year, 2021. As mentioned, we recorded this show on the 17th of December, so that was a week ago. And yesterday we learned that the release date of John Wick Chapter 4 has in fact been pushed back by almost a full year. So the new release date for that movie is not 2022, it is now 24th of March 2023. A quick recap of our top fives. My top five was one shot at number five, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings at number four, Nobody at number three. Raging Fire at number two and The Paper Tigers was my number one for this year Mike's top five was Kate at number five Boss Level at four One Shot at three Paper Tigers at two and Raging Fire at number one Head over to our website kungfumovieguide.com to find reviews of all of those titles Raging Fire is available to rent from the 27th of December here in the UK and it will be available to buy on 4K Ultra HD, Blu-ray, DVD and digital from the 31st of January 2022, courtesy of Cine Asia. Both Mike and I and the Hong Kong cinema expert Mike Leader have all contributed to the collector's booklet in the Steelbook release of Raging Fire. You can pre-order that now exclusively from the website zavi.com, that's Z-A-V-V-I dot com. I have also contributed an article to the latest issue of the Eastern Heroes magazine. You can read my interview with the Korean martial artist and Kung Fu star Wong Jong Lee. It was written a few years ago when he was over in the UK. I've not received my copy of the magazine just yet, but I am looking forward to seeing it. Rick Baker has done a great job this year in bringing the Eastern Heroes magazine back, and it's an essential read for any martial arts movie fans out there. So head over to easternheroes.com to check that out. And if you do have any spare change kicking around this festive season and you have enjoyed the output from the Kung Fu Movie Guide this year, 2021, then why not show your support for this fully independent podcast by donating to the show and the website. I have a PayPal donations link set up at the web address paypal.me forward slash 
Kung Fu Movie Guide. And if you do listen to the show using the Spotify app, then they appear to have introduced a star rating system over the last few days. I'm not entirely sure on how it works, but if you do have the app open and you could give us a star rating that would be hugely appreciated thank you very much there is also the star rating option in apple Podcasts as well so if you listen to this podcast instead using apple Podcasts, then a star rating there would also be very much appreciated we do normally go on a little bit of a break at the start of the year before i then get itchy feet and start prepping a new season and i'm sure that will happen again in 2022 at some stage so the best thing to do is to make sure you follow us on social media that's where we will be posting any updates regarding this show i'll still be typing away and adding various things to the website in the meantime so make sure you regularly check back to kungfumovieguide.com for all the latest martial arts movie reviews And I think that is it for another year. Thank you so much for indulging me and Mike on this special extended two-part end-of-year show. I do hope you have enjoyed listening to it. A massive thank you to everyone who subscribes to the show and the newsletter and anyone who has donated, visited the website, sent me an email, left me a review or a star rating or liked and shared a post on social media. This podcast wouldn't be anything without your support, so thank you all so much. Keep flying the flag for martial arts cinema around the world and supporting those great filmmakers who put their blood, sweat and tears into providing such great entertainment for the fans. We will leave you now to get on with your festivities, whatever they include. I do hope wherever you are listening to this in the world, you are having a wonderful, relaxing and joyous holiday. And from everyone here at KFMG Pod HQ, I'd like to wish all the food followers around the world a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays and a prosperous and Happy New Year. See you all in 2022 and bye for now. Number one. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs> 